You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Coming to you from Classic City, the capital of the Bulldog Nation, it's time for another edition of the podcast designed for the most die-hard Georgia fans in the country. Here are your hosts, Tyler and Charlie. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Glory UGA Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler, and back with me today, still in the midst of Thanksgiving family fun time, if you want to call it that, is my co-host, Charlie. And Charlie, I know you've been busy doing family stuff all week long. Thank you for being able to carve out a couple of minutes here for us today. But are you a Thanksgiving person? Are you loving all this running around, being around family? I haven't been doing that much running around. I do like it. You like Thanksgiving? Yeah, You're a Thanksgiving mind. person? It's yeah. the food, right? Yeah, obviously. I mean, the food is obviously what makes Thanksgiving awesome, but it's college football too. I don't know. I'm kind of torn on Thanksgiving. I love so much about it. I love the Thanksgiving food. I'm all about that. I love the, the fact that it's still college football season. You have college football. Kind of like for me, you have college football that, that penultimate week, and then you lead into this week. You got the Egg Bowl, and then you have obviously Hate Week this week. So that's awesome. I don't like the traveling so much i don't like having to go to like different family members homes like multiple different times this place this place and that place and that place that's not super fun but i'm sure your family appreciates no it's not it's no 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 it's not that i don't like being around my family i do i love my family my family is incredible i don't love not being able to just chill and relax that's what i want to be able to do and when you're having to go around all the different family members' homes all around the world during Thanksgiving, that's not super fun for me. But yeah, I'll still put Thanksgiving inside my probably top two. Thanksgiving, Christmas, probably be my top two holidays. Oh, we'll okay. go there. Yeah, we'll go. We'll go with that. Uh, and this week, we have a special hate week edition of our picks of the week. You guys know we always just like to have fun on this episode every week. But this week, we are taking it to another level with a hate week extravaganza. Now, you might not agree with everything Charlie and I say on the podcast or every position we take or, heck, every pick we make. But if you listen to this podcast, one thing we have in common is that we all love college football. We're borderline obsessed with it. We live for this stuff. And when you get to this point in the season, it's kind of bittersweet. Hate week is incredible. It's this wonderful institution we have in college football But it also means that the season is nearing its conclusion. I mean, it's the final week of the regular season. For a lot of teams, this is it. And it's it's hard to believe, man. We wait so long for it to get here, and it just goes by so ridiculously fast. So it's hard to believe, but it's here. The end of the regular season is upon us. 
And I, I don't know about you guys. I personally, I love Hate Week. It's one of the many things that makes college football the greatest thing ever invented, in my opinion. Some people like to say that hate isn't healthy, that holding grudges isn't good for you. Charlie, I say screw that. Hate is good for the soul. Are you with me on this? Well, I mean, sure, but I don't really hate tech because they're just irrelevant. And I'm, I've, I guess over the years I've become torn on that, too. I, I do hate Georgia Tech, Charlie. You know me. I hate Georgia Tech more than anybody. Yeah, well, that is truly a waste of your energy because but in I football, be- there's you know, no competition. I am coming to realize that it's like almost like increasingly hatred in vain, if that makes sense. Like they're just not good, right? And, and that's and that's not. It takes some of the fun out of. I, I obviously never want to lose to Tech, but when they're a threat, at least it's kind of fun, or it's more fun than it is now. But now it's kind of like, yeah, cool, we beat Tech again. But then it's like, oh yeah, we're on to bigger and better things. But it's still it's still hate week, Charlie. Sure. And I think hate's a good thing. Like hating your rivals is that not what makes college ball great? Yeah. I mean, there's so many things that made college football great. I think that's certainly up there, the top of the list. So I think hate's good for the soul. Hate week is one of my favorite weekends of the year. And this week, with that in mind, we're going to soak up the hate with this hate week extravaganza. Instead of eight games like we normally do, we are picking 15 hate-filled rivalry games from all across the country, from sea to shining sea. And we're going to enjoy every single second of it because, again... As far as I'm concerned, this is what makes college football special. Now, saying that, obviously, with us basically doubling up the number of games that we're picking this week, we're not going to dive as deeply into each game. We still have, I mean, it's still actually what? It's Wednesday, Charlie, so I've got to get out of here before long, head down to one family member's house, and then I know you've got to leave a little bit later. So we don't have all day to spend on this, but we definitely want to touch on as many of these big-time rivalries during hate week as we possibly can but quickly before we get there let's first review our picks from last week it wasn't our best week charlie right no i mean it wasn't our best but it wasn't a disaster oh i feel like it was a disaster really yeah. oh because of that that michigan state pick you had well that worked out I real mean, well <laughs> overall it was not i mean four and four eh. it's not good but it's not terrible eh. it's, not, it's you're breaking even you're breaking even, Charlie. I don't think it was a disaster. Um, I actually, I will say, Charlie, I know this doesn't matter because it's not the picks that we gave out on the show. I had a great week on the actual bets that I put down. I mean, you guys know we've talked about this. I don't actually bet all the games that are on our slate because those aren't necessarily the games I like the most, that I feel strongest about. But we try to pick the games that we think you guys are most interested in. But the, the games I actually bet on myself, Charlie, I had a pretty good week last week. It's going to help me buy some SEC championship tickets. But uh, we went 4-4 four and four last week overall. On the games that we picked on on the show last week, it wasn't our best week, but Charlie, that's now six weeks in a row where we have both been at least five hundred or better. We haven't had it like we haven't had a losing season in a month and a half, or a losing week in a month and a half, Charlie. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, four and four is not great. It's not like where we want to be. We're still searching for that elusive eight and zero week. I guess this week is going to be fifteen and zero if we get there. But it wasn't a disaster. And once again, looking back at the picture from last week, for the third straight week, Charlie, you and I went into the weekend with four different picks. And once again, for the third straight week, we split those picks. You had Michigan State over Ohio State. I got you there. Uh, I had Bama over Arkansas. I had. I mean, I, I, the Bama principal play is dead. Can we say that? It might be. This season, the Bama principal is dead. But just when you say dead. it's dead, it's going to come back. It's dead. I mean, well, I mean... 
they might still cover this week against Auburn, but like the principal play of just picking Bama every week and coming out on top more often than not, it, it's dead. It's dead. So you got me there. You had Arkansas plus 20. Uh, I The worst pick I had this week was Florida. I actually um, feel like an idiot on that one because you looked at me when I made that pick last week. You were like, really? Really, Florida? And my reasoning was just based on like X's and O's. Missouri's a terrible rush defense. Florida, what they do well offensively is they run the football. And I just completely blew it there. I blew it. I did not put enough stock in the fact that Florida's just done. They quit. And obviously, Dan Mullen's now gone. So you got me there. You had Mizzou. You were the smart one there. And uh, then I got you the Oregon-Utah game. I had Utah. You had Oregon. And uh, I got you there. So we split those four differences. Went four and four, four each overall, that brings us both to 54 and 42 against the spread on the season. Hopefully now, Charlie, we've been tied for like a couple of weeks now. So hopefully with 15 games to pick this week, we're going to be able to create some kind of separation heading into the postseason. But all right, I know we got a lot of games to get you, Charlie. You and I both have some family stuff to do a little bit later today. So let's go ahead and dig right in. Where are we kicking things off? All right, we're going to kick things off with a bang with the Egg Bowl. I'm not saying this is the best game of the weekend, but it's going to be hard to beat this from a fun factor standpoint. I mean, you can't ask for more fun than Lane Kiffin versus Mike Leach on Thanksgiving night. I, for one, am very excited question. about this. Quick question. I know you like Who both these I guys. Like more? Yes, you, you like both these guys. You like fun. I don't know. Who do you like more? Charlie. I, I can't. No, I can't. you have to. I can't. You have to. Candy corn or popcorn? <laughs> Mississippi State is a slight one and a half home favorite. Um, I'm going with Mississippi State here. I think they can score and they have a better defense. What's the over in this game? The over in this game? That's a really good question, Charlie. Maybe I should pull that <laughs> up real quick. I'm pretty sure you should take the over. Well, you would. Well, Mississippi State's defense is actually good. They're top 20. You mentioned it. They're top. Well, they're fringe top 20. I think they're 21 nationally when you look at their uh, overall defensive numbers. But I'm looking up the over here real quick. Charlie, fill some space for me while I pull this up. Um, you're really slow. I am going as fast as I, technology will take me. The, I have, you have to pull up the app, Charlie, because uh, things change, Charlie. Over/unders, those numbers, they don't just stay stagnant all the time. Well, things you move. Given us a things move. Ballpark. Well, it was in the '60s. It's at 62 right now. Over/under yeah, 62. Yeah, over. Yeah, I would take the over too. That's 30, 30 points each. Yeah, I take the over. I'll take the. Uh, yeah, I, actually, I might. Actually, put some money on that, Charlie. I think you're early. Maybe I'm crazy. I thought it was like 65, 66 when it opened, but it's down to 62 right now. But Mississippi State does have a good defense, and I think that's the key here, Charlie. You mentioned that. Ole Miss is better defensively. We've been saying that all year. They are better defensively, but it's relative to where they were last year when they were one of the worst defenses in the history of the Southeastern Conference. You guys know I'm a Matt Corral stand. Love this guy. His numbers haven't been stellar the back half of the season because there have just been a lot of injuries on offense. Receivers been banged up. Running backs been banged up. He's been banged up. But this guy is tough as nails. But when you look at this matchup, it's two good offenses. Mississippi State's not as explosive as Ole Miss is. You would think with the air raid that they are. That's just not what they do anymore. Every team that they play plays a drop A coverage against them, and they've really kind of leaned into just playing a ball control, passing, spread game offense. It's weird. It's a, it's a different kind of offense, but they do it really well, and they've adjusted. And Will Rogers is playing lights out. He's actually been playing better than Matt Corral. Now he's been healthy. Receivers around him have been healthy. Mississippi State has some good weapons on offense. I think the difference in this game, Charlie, you nailed it there. You're all over it. It's the Mississippi State defense, all right? that's like There's not a huge gap between the Ole Miss offense and Mississippi State offense, but there is a sizable gap between those two defenses in Mississippi State's favor. It's at home. Give me the Bizarro Dogs to win this one. And, Charlie, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to put money on this one. 
Okay. I'm, I'm going to try to tell the fans this week because I don't do a good enough job of that because, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, I don't necessarily love all the games that we pick like in terms of like, hey, I like that line. I'm going to put money on it, but we try to put games on our slate that people want to hear us talk about. So I'm going to try as we go through it today to tell you which games I'm going to put my own money on and I'm going to put money on this one. Well, and always bet responsibly. Gamble yeah. responsibly. Of course. And this is not a good start to creating separation. Well, it's it's one game, Charlie. we got 14 more. All right, next game. One of the things I love about Hate Week is that we get Friday college football. I love it, Charlie. I love it. Because Friday, I have no family stuff anymore. I'm just sitting down. Well, normally I do. This Friday, this year, I don't. It got canceled. So I get to just chill out and watch a lot of college football Friday and then Saturday, and it's going to be gorgeous. All right. Well, in our first Friday game is Iowa traveling to Nebraska as a one-and-a-half-point road favorite. It's been a tough year for Nebraska, but Scott Frost will officially be back next year, and they're looking to take some momentum into the important offseason with a win over a ranked Iowa team. Nebraska's going to win one of these games. I won money on Nebraska last week. I had them plus 10 against Wisconsin, and they helped me out there last week, but they just can't pull it out. They haven't they been able to pull it out. It's been so, close. I think Nebraska's going to win this one. Upset special. Upset special, Charlie. Upset special. Upset special. Well, Charlie. I mean, it's a point and a half. You, you, I know. It's kind of like, yeah. call it an upset yeah, special. Yeah. I mean, it is technically by definition, but the way that we define upset special, which for those of you who might, who might be listening to the first picks episode, is picking an underdog to win outright. It might only be a point and a half underdog, but they're an underdog nonetheless. Charlie, this is uh, two games where there's going to be no separation because I'm right there with you. You guys know I've been on Nebraska all year. They're like, look at the record. They're terrible. They're one in seven in conference play, but they have been so close. They're the best bad team in America. I've said it time and time again this season. I've put faith in them time and time again in these spots against good teams. They they didn't win it last week, but they came close. They gave Wisconsin a hell of a game. They put up more yards on Wisconsin, 452 yards than any team in the country this year. Any team that's faced Wisconsin all year long and Wisconsin's defense is right there, right up there with us as one of the two best defenses in the country. Nebraska is so much better than their record suggests. They've just invented ways to lose games, to blow games. And if you look at the numbers, you guys know I'm big on total yards differential, which is one of the reasons I've been big on Nebraska. They're still plus 1,000 on the year. If you're plus 1,000 at this point in the season, you should be at the very least like 8-3, and 7-4. and four. But Nebraska, again, has just found ways to blow games. And they're not. They're what I think three and seven going in, or three and eight going in this game, something like that. Iowa, on the other hand, is minus two forty. Their records don't really give you a true indication of how good both these teams are. My one big concern in this game is turnovers. Nebraska turns the ball over a lot. Some catastrophic turnovers. Iowa had made a living early in the season off creating turnovers. That's how they won games, and that's how they were inside the top five there for a short window of time early in the season. But you're right, Charlie, Nebraska is so insanely overdue to win one of these games. Iowa's made a change at quarterback. They can't throw the football to save their lives. Nebraska's at home. Scott Frost is coming back. As you mentioned, he's coming back next year. I think they want this game. They're going to try to get this one and carry momentum into the offseason, a very important offseason for Scott Frost. I love the Cornhuskers in this game. I'm actually going to put some money on this one, too. I got the, the Cornhuskers to win outright, Charlie. Upset special. All right. Well, Actually, hold on. Sorry. Upset special slash lock it up. Okay. Lock it up. All right. Well, Arkansas put up a real fight in Tuscaloosa last week, and this week they are hosting the freshly bowl-eligible Mizzou Tigers. 
Did you see Eli Drinkwitz after the game last week? Oh my God. I have a new favorite non-Kirby Smart coach in college football, Charlie. I've never seen someone troll Dan Mullen the way that he did publicly. Like well, and that, then he came out later this week with his, my dad was a farmer quote. Like, so savage. After Dan Mullen is dead and buried, right? Yep. Fired, and then he comes back, and you, most coaches be like, I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to be respectful. I'm not going to say anything. He's like, no, man, screw it. Well, <laughs> what do you say? If you're, after if you, last year. Eh. Well, he, and it wasn't just the Darth Vader thing. Remember, that was the game where they had like almost a brawl. Yeah, that's what I mean. Last time, and Dan Mullen was instigating yeah. that entire thing. Yeah. So I have, no, again, no sympathy for Dan Mullen. None at all whatsoever. Yeah. He is reaping, exactly what Drinkwood said, you reaping what you sow, dude. Yep. All right. Well, Arkansas is favored by 14 and a half in Fayetteville. I would love to see Mizzou get the win here or even cover, but I just don't think it's possible. I'm going with Arkansas to cover the 14 and a half. Arkansas is going to win this football game, Charlie. I feel very good about that. 14 and a half is, is, is a lot of points here. It's a really bad matchup for Missouri. I will say that Arkansas, although they put up 300 plus passing yards on Alabama last week, we know what this team is. They want to run the football. They got a mobile quarterback. They got a couple running backs. So they want to be running it right down your throat. Missouri is still one of the worst rushing defenses in the country, although somehow Florida didn't put up big-time yards on them. I don't understand how. Because, again, I guess Florida just quit. But they're still one of the worst rush defenses in the country. This is at Arkansas. This is actually a kind of underrated border rivalry. And uh, I don't know, man. I think Missouri, this is a tough one because rivalry games can be tricky. They're banged up on offense, Missouri is. Tyler Beatty is a stud. Connor Bazelek is back. He's playing. He played last week, but he can barely move out there. I really want to pick Missouri here. The hook is what scares me. 14, I feel good about with Arkansas. The hook gives me some pause. This is a game that, this is a really good game last year, by the way. Really tight game. It was a fun one on Friday. All right, Charlie, I'm going to ride with the hogs here. I'm going to go Arkansas minus 14 and a half. Really creating some separation Well, it's it, we, we got plenty more picks here, Charlie. All right. Well, all NC State has to do to punch their ticket to the ACC title game in Charlotte is beat UNC. But the Tar Heels are looking to play spoiler against their in-state rival, or at least one of them. The Wolfpack are favored by five and a half at home. It's rivalry week. I think NC State, not NC State, I think UNC will cover the five and a half. Hmm. I agree they're going to cover the five and a half, Charlie. The only thing I'm thinking about here is are they going to pull the outright upset? Are they going to pull the outright ups? I've been good on my upset specials all year. I don't want to mess with that record. NC State's got a lot on the line here, but there's just something missing about this team. They were really good defensively early in the year. They've had a lot of key injuries to important players defensively. They're just, like, offensively, it's strange. Like, they should be better running the football than they are. They've had a tough time running the football of late. Devin Leary is good at quarterback. Emeka Amezi is really good at receiver. Thayer Thomas is good at receiver for NC State. They have some weapons. But North Carolina, I know it's been a very disappointing season for them. They started to figure things out a little bit more offensively over the past couple of weeks. They're using Sam Howell more as a runner, which has really changed things. Because they couldn't run the football. That was the big problem for them early in the year. That was the difference from this year and last year. They were dynamic running the football last year. That set up play action. And they were just devastating teams with that last year. They weren't running the ball as well early this year. And they decided, oh, well, well, Sam Howell is kind of athletic. Let's use him in the run game. And he's just been really, really, really good doing that. He's a tough guy. I'm going to go North Carolina to cover. Charlie, you know what? It's the final week of the regular season. It's hate week, rivalry week. Crazy things happen. Give me North Carolina to pull off the upset here 
and maybe, Charlie, potentially open the door for Clemson to sneak in the ACC title game if Boston College can also beat Wake Forest. All right. Well, in the game with by far the biggest stakes of the weekend, number two Ohio State is traveling to number five Michigan. The winner of this game will not only lock up a spot in next week's Big Ten title game, but will also keep their playoff hopes alive. As barring complete chaos, the loser of this game will be out of the playoff picture. Ohio State put everyone on notice last week with their dominant victory over Michigan State. Yes, I picked Michigan State. That was, that was, I mean, I didn't have, my, my floor pick was bad, Charlie. Michigan yeah, State, that, that was rough. Bad. That was rough. Yeah. It's okay. It happens. It happens. And Ohio State is going to ride that momentum into Ann Arbor as an eight-point road favorite. This is at Michigan, which will be a great home field advantage. What time is this game? This is a noon. It's always, always, always game. noon. Duh. Always noon. The Wolverines probably won't win this game, but they'll keep it close and they'll cover the spread. I really want Michigan to not only cover the spread, I want Michigan to win outright. Charlie. I mean, I do too. I just don't know. Does Ohio that. State, I mean, I know you hate Ohio State. Maybe more than anybody. Oh, I will be wearing, I will be cheering. Maize and blue. Michigan. You got the maize yes. and blue ready to go. Yes. You got the pom poms. Yes. Let's go. Um, you got the khaki pants. Yes. Coach khaki pants. Uh, man, I don't know, Charlie. I really want Michigan to win. Not only that I hate Ohio State. I mean, I know you hate Ohio State. Don't they give you like, a no, little bit I of concern, but a little bit of concern. I just want to see their downfall. As yes, but are you not like if we had to play them in the playoffs potentially? I think it would be okay. I think it would be okay. Yeah, I mean we're still awesome, but that's probably that would be the toughest matchup for us in the playoffs. So I want to get them just out of the picture. I want Michigan to win this game badly for a lot of reasons. Can they do that though? They're playing a lot better. This is by far the biggest test the Ohio State offense has faced. Michigan is very very good on defense. Aiden Hutchinson is like. I've been saying all year about Aiden Hutchinson. I think he's David Pollock-esque. When you watch him play, he's not the most physically gifted dude, but he just has an insanely high motor, works his butt off, and just is hungry out there, man. And I think they're going to make life very difficult for C.J. Stroud. This is the toughest spot he's been in. I know they obviously lost to Oregon early in the year, but that was at home. This is going to be unlike anything C.J. Stroud has faced. Now, he has a ton of weapons around him. It's not all on him. He has three incredible receivers, clearly the best receiving room in the country, a great running back in Travion Henderson, and Stroud has really started to turn on late in the season. But I just have this feeling that Michigan is really going to make things tough on, on Stroud, this Ohio State offense, tougher than it has been all, all season long. My question becomes, can Michigan do enough to put points up on Ohio State to where they can win this football game. That's what it comes down to for me. Blake Quorum, I think, is the key to this game. Michigan running back, he hasn't played the last couple weeks, was, has been out with a, with a little bit of an injury. He's the most explosive player on that Michigan offense. They don't have a ton of weapons outside. He's a guy that's kind of like, he's not James Cook. He's very different, but he's got versatility like James Cook, and then they can use him in the passing game, they use him in the running game. He's just an explosive play bigger. He's a great compliment to Hassan Haskins. They're kind of bigger, more physical, pounded at you kind of running back. I think Michigan has a real chance to win this game, Charlie. I'm not going to discount it. I'm not going to call for the outright upset. I'm not going to go upset special here. I certainly don't think it's outside the realm of possibility. But I'm with you. Charlie, I know you want to have some differences here. But I'm trying to be honest. I'm going to take Michigan to cover the eight. Yeah, let's go with it. Michigan cover the eight. Okay. Well, next up, Florida is hosting Florida State as a three-point home favorite. These are two teams heading in opposite directions as Florida State has surged late in the season while Florida has completely collapsed and Dan Mullen lost his job because of it. I mean, the stakes in this game aren't as high as the Michigan-Ohio State game, but there are postseason implications nonetheless as the winner will become bowl eligible and the loser will be spending the holidays at home. 
I mean, there's just nothing left at Florida. They're done. I don't, They're I don't done. think anything. I, I mean. How many coaches at start of the season are still there right now? I, yeah. Two, three? I'm definitely picking FSU to cover. I think they might even pull the upset, but I'm going to lock it in for FSU to cover. You're right, Charlie. They're dead. Florida is done. Dunzo. And I think there are some times when you have like an interim I mean, coach. And let's say they can't fill their stadium for a good game. Yeah, no, it's going to be bad. They certainly aren't going to be It's going to be bad. I mean, it's going to look like a USC game. Yep. Yeah, God, USC, it's tough. Uh, this is a, like, Charlie, there are some situations where you have a head coach that's fired in season and you have like a rally the troops scenario where they come out guns blazing that next game, right? But Florida, their team isn't made of that kind of stuff. They don't have that. They don't have the leadership. They don't have the character inside that locker room. They just don't. I I cannot believe that Florida is a three-point favorite in this game. I I mean, you're right. These are two teams heading in in different directions right now. Florida State is like, I mean, they're trying to become 6-6, and trying to become bowl eligible. hasn't been a great year, but they've really, you're right. I think surge is the right word, Charlie. They've surged these last couple weeks. They won at Boston College last week in a game that I didn't think they were going to win. And they're finding a way to play decent football. Jordan Travis is back at quarterback. He's become much more consistent. He was kind of a runner when he first took over that job. He's become a better passer. They're much better with him in the game. And I, and the, defensively, they're playing well. Jermaine Johnson is a really good player for them. And obviously, he was here for a couple of years. And he's playing well at Florida State. I think right now, he probably wishes he was still here in Athens. But hey, he's doing what he can at Florida State. He'll be in the NFL next year. I like Florida State to cover, Charlie. I like Florida State to win this game outright. Fool me once with Florida, that's on you. Fool me twice, that's on me. Fool me three times, I'm just a flat-out moron. And Charlie, I might not be the smartest man on earth, but I'm not a moron. I am not going to put any faith in Florida. They screwed me last week. So, no, give me the Knowles to cover and win outright. Upset special number two? Three? Two. Two? No, three. I got three. I got three upset specials already. All right. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Next up, we have the latest edition of the Iron Bowl. This one was all set. To be a for a spot in Atlanta to face the dogs a few weeks ago. Once upon a time it was. Before Auburn decided to go and blow their season. But it's still the Iron Bowl and it's still nasty hate-filled rivalry. And I know all eyes in the Bulldog Nation will be on this one with our matchup um, with the Crimson Tide looming next week. Bama is a 19.5 point road favorite. 
Has Auburn quit like Florida? Because no. they're talking about Brian Harson being gone. The people talking about him losing the locker room. He might be the next Washington head coach. But I don't feel like he's going to be gone. I think if he's gone, it's because he refuses to get the vaccine. I think that's what's holding up him potentially getting the job at Washington because they, by law, they have to be vaccinated. They've already right. fired Washington State's coach because of that. Right, and it's the same thing in Alabama. But they the state, if you work for the state, you have to be vaccinated. Yeah, one game I did lose last week was Auburn screwed me. How did they lose to South Carolina, Charlie? Because they're Auburn. And then they like that's following up a twenty-eight point blown lead at know, home. Yeah, and I know we talked about like Bama. You should just always pick them. The principal play. Yeah, but I didn't pick them last week, and I got it right. But I feel like they can cover the 19 and a half. But then I feel like it's not. It's a rivalry game. Crazy things happen in rivalry games. But, I mean, this game is weird. Like, it, it's this matchup can be strange. It is. I'm going to go with Bama. All right, Charlie, going stick with the Bama principal play. I uh, All right, Charlie, this is our first difference. This is the first difference. I'm going to go with Auburn here. If this game was at Alabama, yes, give me the Tide to cover the 19.5. They have had a tough time recently at Auburn. Now, I know Brian Harrison's the coach, a different team, different year, different coaching staff. I get all that. I, I, I'll stick by what I've said all year. Alabama is still awesome. They're still really good, super talented, but it's not a vintage Alabama team. Auburn has lost some steam the past couple of weeks, but you got to imagine they're going to be ready to play this game. It, it, there's just something different about this game. I think they're going to keep it close at home. I know Bo Nix is not in the game. I don't think that's honestly that big of a deal. I think TJ Finley is a better passer. I still don't understand how they lost to South Carolina. They just, God, I mean, they were up 14 nothing, and then just decided, hey, we don't want to score the rest of the game. It was very, very strange to watch that game. It was like I was in a twilight zone because South Carolina is not a good football team. But I think Auburn is better than that. I think they will be jacked up for this game. I don't think they're going to win it. I think they're going to push Bama a little bit here, at least for the first half. And I think they'll keep it close enough to cover the 19 half. I think they can run the ball a little bit on Alabama. We saw there's a couple teams this year that have had a little bit of success. Even LSU, they ran the ball fairly well against this Alabama defense. And I, I talked about it early on in the week with our preview show. We did a little bit of the, of the SEC championship game preview. And I think the interior of this Alabama defense is not soft. I don't want to go that far, but I think you can make some headway run the football against them. I think Finley is a better passer than Bo Nix. So I think they'll do enough. I think they'll score enough to cover that 19 and a half. All right, next up we have a rivalry with one of the coolest names in the country. So let's go out west and talk about the civil war between Oregon and Oregon State. Oregon all but eliminated itself from the playoff contention with a brutal loss to Utah last week, but they could still lock up the rematch with Utah in the Pac-12 title game next week with a win over the Beavers. The Ducks are looking for revenge after last year's loss in this game. Um, they're a seven-point home favorite this year. I think they're going to want to come out and redeem themselves. Uh, but Oregon State's pretty good this year. Uh, Oregon State still has a shot to win the Pac-12. Yeah, Pac-12 I North. I was going to pick Oregon to cover the seven, but I'm going to go with Oregon State to cover the seven. That's not a terrible pick, Charlie. I don't hate that. They did lose. To, Oregon did lose to Oregon State last year. Like, did you do you remember that crazy fog game? Did you watch that last year? I watched some of it. Yeah, I watched. Actually, I was at a sports bar in Columbia waiting for the game at South Carolina. I watched some of that game. Yeah, this is an interesting game. I think Oregon is the more talented football team. That's pretty clear. The revenge factor is also certainly on their side, based off of how last year's game between these two teams went. But, I mean, Oregon State's still in the thick of the Pac-12 North title race. They still have a shot. Now, they have to win this game for that shot to mean anything and to still stay alive for that potential Pac-12 title game berth. So, 
I think that in some way kind of neutralizes maybe the motivation edge that Oregon might have coming off of last year's game. Plus, it's just a rivalry game. I like, does one team have more of a motivational edge coming to a rivalry game? I don't know if I really believe that's the case. So looking at this from a purely X and O standpoint, from a personnel standpoint, Oregon is the team to go with here. They have superior personnel. Oregon State is extraordinarily one-dimensional. They run the ball very well. They're like a top 25 rushing offense. Oregon has been pretty good at stopping the run this year. With last week notwithstanding, that was a little bit concerning to see Utah have that kind of success running the football against Oregon. But I still believe this Oregon defense is good enough to stop a one-dimensional Oregon State offense, especially at home. Give me Oregon here to win and also cover the seven. I think it would actually be a pretty close game. I don't think Oregon is an especially dynamic team this year. I don't really think they were ever deserving of being, maybe you can say they were deserving of being in the top four based off that win at Ohio State early in the year. But ever since that game, they haven't really played like a top four team. They've kind of been living on borrowed time, which we saw last week. They lost that game. I agree with you, Charlie. I think they're out of playoff contention right, right now unless something like insane happens. It had to be the most ultimate example of chaos in the history of college football for them to find their way back into the playoff conversation right now. So I don't think they're like this just dominant team, but based on the factors I, I went through there, I'm going to say Oregon to win and slightly cover the seven at home. We put this next game on the slate this week, number one, because it's a rivalry Maybe not the biggest national rivalry, but a rivalry nonetheless. And number two, because Brennan Armstrong and the Virginia offense might be the most fun offense in the country to watch. Justin Fuente is out, so who knows what Tech plant is playing for at this point. Virginia is terrible on defense, but they are one of the best offenses in the country and are the t- touchdown favorite at home. I'm going to go with... Virginia in this one. Have you actually watched Virginia play this season? Yeah, I know they haven't been on bit. national radar. I hope you guys took my advice last week and watched them play against Pitt. I know they ended up losing that game. But it was a really fun game. Every game that Virginia plays when Brennan Armstrong is playing is a fun game because that guy is just a red-headed, left-handed wild man running around out there. They're so fun to watch. No one else in the country runs the stuff they do the way they do offensively. It's just a really fun time to watch them play football. I know you're right, Charlie. This is kind of off the radar nationally. I get that. But if you're just trying to have some fun watching college football on a Saturday, turn on this game. If you're watching another game, is this game at, I think it's at 3.30, so you're probably going to be watching Alabama. You're going to be watching the Iron Bowl. I get that. If you have DVR, record this. Everyone has DVR now, right, Charlie? Like everyone has DVR. Well, we went over this. There is no DVR. It's a recording system. It's, it's cloud. It's a cloud-based DVR, yes. Charlie. I'm not not exactly sure what DVR stands for, but I know what it does. I know the function. You can record things. Yes. But there's not a DVR. This is what I do. See, obviously, I can't watch every single game on Saturday. So the games that maybe aren't on the top of my list, but I still want to watch them, I just record them. And I do like a social media blackout on Sunday. So if I'm not responding to your, your text or your emails or your DMs on Sunday, that's why. Because I'm, I'm still doing my own blackout trying to watch as many games as I can without having them spoiled for me. So this is probably a game that I'll end up watching on Sunday, but I'm definitely going to watch because they're a ton of fun to watch. Brendan Armstrong, I think is the best quarterback in America. Not even the best quarterback that no one talks about. I think he's the best quarterback in America. This guy just puts up massive yards. He's tough as nails. They're just so fun to watch. But you're right, Charlie. They are so bad on defense, and that's part of what makes them fun to watch because they have to score as many points as they can to outscore teams. 
every single week because their defense is so bad, especially against the run. Like it's almost like they don't even put up a fight against the run. It's just hard to explain how bad they are. And under Bronco Mendenhall, they've been good on defense. I mean, he's a proud former defensive type guy going back to when he was at BYU. But this year, they are just dreadful on that side of the ball. They are obviously led by their offense. You're right, Charlie. Justin Fuente's out. Virginia Tech is just so hard to know what to expect. They had their first game without him last week in Miami. They didn't really show up all that much for that game. And I think they ended up losing by close to two touchdowns by 12 points. Miami is a team that covered for me. So that was another one that I, that I hit on last week. I just don't see Virginia Tech digging deep to win this game. I, I think it's going to be another close game. Every, every game Virginia plays seems to be close because, again, they have to outscore everyone. And in the games they win, they just usually barely outscore the, the opposing team. So Virginia Tech's not great on offense, but Virginia has a way of making you look great even though you're not. So it's going to be a tight game. I'm going to go with Virginia to win. I am going to go with Virginia Tech to cover the seven, though, because, again, every game they play is a bar fight. That's just the way it works for Virginia because they can't stop anybody. So I'll say it's going to be a barn burner, even though Virginia Tech normally can't score against Virginia. They're going to find a way to. And uh, I think Virginia will, will score last and win this football game. But give me Virginia Tech to cover. Okay. Next up, we have another under-the-radar rivalry that no one really pays attention to, but they still hate each other. Wisconsin looked dead on arrival earlier in the season, but they've recovered nicely. They look dead, Charlie. Like, they look done. Yeah, they did. Like, after that Notre Dame loss, it's like, they're done. They're over. Yeah, but they've recovered nicely and put themselves in position to be a sacrificial lamb next week in the Big Ten title game. However, they have not locked up that appearance just yet because Minnesota is still alive. They need to beat Wisconsin and then hold for a little help from Nebraska and Purdue, but they're still in the race. The Badgers are a touchdown favorite on the road. I'm going with Wisconsin to cut. Well, mm. Mm. It's tricky. So it, this is, a, is an underrated rivalry game. You're right about that. I'll go with Wisconsin to cover. I mean, this is an underrated rivalry game that no one ever really knew was a rivalry game until recently when P.J. Flett got to Minnesota because Minnesota was just so bad. Wisconsin was so much better. They just dominated. But now that he's gotten there, injected a little life in the program, you're like, oh, okay, like these two teams apparently don't like each other. Apparently this is kind of a rivalry up there in the great white north. What if it's snowing, Charlie? How much fun would that be? Oh no! Do you like? Well, not. I mean, actually, I would love to play in a game where it was snowing. No. That would be like a dream come it is true for too me. Too cold here. I mean, Charlie, it's fifty degrees. And not that's even. Cold. It's like fifty-five. I don't like it. So you would be down with the seventeen-degree nope. weather up there? No, freezing I would cold. Not. Yeah, I think that'd be a lot of fun. I know you wouldn't probably be there, but that would be a ton of fun. It's fun to watch, though, right? Do you like watching the snow games? No. What? It just makes me cold to look at. Oh my god! No, you're such a loser. They're so much fun to watch. All right, this Minnesota team is also like you. You said Wisconsin was dead on arrival early in the season, Charlie. That's that's true. Minnesota was the same way. This team lost to Bowling Green. Bowling Green. If you guys don't keep up with the MAC, they're terrible. They lost to Bowling Green at home. They lost their starting running back in the first game of the season against Ohio State way back when. But they had turned things around. Got to give PJ Flett credit. He's a master motivator some way, somehow. He gets those guys ready to play, and, he, and they fought back, and they claw back to put themselves in position to have a chance. They do need a little bit of help, but they have to beat Wisconsin to still stay alive for the Big Ten West. I think they're going to play hard in this game. I think they'll play well, but the problem for Minnesota is they are extremely one-dimensional offense. Taron Morgan was pretty good when he had like Rashad Bateman to throw to. Doesn't have those guys right now. They lean on the ground game, and the problem for them is Wisconsin is as good as anyone in the country, including us, 
at stopping the run. They are very, very dominant against them. I think they're actually number one in the country right now in rushing defense. So that's just a bad matchup for Minnesota. Wisconsin, I have no faith in their offense. Braylon Allen has come on strong. 17-year-old running back who doesn't look a day younger than 27 because he is jacked up. But he has come on late, and he has injected some life into that Wisconsin offense. But with Graham Rich, a quarterback, it's just really hard to trust them. Minnesota does play good defenses. Two good defenses. Wisconsin's just the better defense. I like Wisconsin to win. I also like Wisconsin to cover. I think Wisconsin's probably going to win this one pretty big. Okay. Next up, let's go back to the SEC for a game that might not be a traditional rivalry, but it's produced some great games over the last few seasons. I'm talking about Texas A&M at LSU. Well, we know Texas A&M blew any chance they had of winning the SEC West with a loss to Ole Miss, but they are trying to finish strong. And will they win over LSU? In Death, In Death Valley. Valley? I don't know. The Aggies are favored by six and a half points on the road over the Bayou Bengals. Uh, mm. See, the thing is is that Ed Orgeron's la- this is his his last game. game. It's also their senior day at LSU. Yep. Is this a night game? This is a night game, yes. It's a night game at LSU. Let me confirm that. I'm fairly positive it's it a night game. It could be pretty rowdy. I mean, it's going to be insanely rowdy. Well, I don't know. I'm just trying to see. I mean, I think seven o'clock. I'm gonna say LSU can cut. Uh, I just there's so many players that aren't playing. A&M has no business losing this game. They don't. But you feel like there's some way they might screw this yeah. up. Yeah, I'm gonna go with LSU to cover. I guess this is a tough one. A&M's defense is probably the best that LSU's faced here, maybe with the exception of Alabama. LSU has not been good offense. They had so many opt outs. Uh, Elias Ricks has officially announced he's transferring. But you're right, Charlie. There's something about, like, this is Coach O's last game. Does he have one last bit of, like, Cajun magic there in Tiger Stadium? It's just tough to know. This is where, like, I guess this is, I mean, is this, do you call this a rivalry game? I don't know if it's a rivalry. It's a new age well, rivalry. Well, I mean, went into, what, like, seven overtime well, they, that, the they, These two teams are the reason they changed the overtime rules. Right, I know. So, Which is yeah. stupid because that was so much fun to if watch. Everyone a, wants to watch if that. If you play a game like that, I mean. Yeah, I mean, there's certainly no love loss there. It, it's not a traditional rivalry. But for the current players, it's a rivalry. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And that's all they know. Like, they don't know what happened right. 20, 30 years ago when we were growing up. They have no idea. Uh, man, this is a tough one. I just I think AM is six and a half points better than LSU, even on the road at night in Tiger Stadium, which I know obviously is a very tough environment. I just have a hard time trusting Zach Calzada. Like it's really hard for me. He's he's just not good. Like he has these moments where it's like, wow, you are like he's super gifted. Like against Alabama, it's like, man, this guy, he's growing up, he's figuring out they're gonna be good. And then you watch the Ole Miss game, and again, they also had no business losing. And you're like, Jesus Christ, man, are you really a power five quarterback? Seriously, right now? So I, it's hard to trust them, I, and just the weirdness of Tiger Stadium at night, L, LSU with Coach O's last game. He's, I mean, I know he's moving on, but he's still a Tiger through and through. You got to imagine they're, they're going to put their best foot forward here. I just think AM's personnel is just too good right now. With all the guys that LSU's had opted out over the over the course of the season, the injuries they've dealt with, I don't think they're very good at quarterback. They have no one at receiver outside of Besh, maybe. I'm going to go AM to win and barely cover. I say AM by a touchdown. Barely. Barely. And I don't feel confident about this one. I'm not going to put money on this one. So Texas will cover. Texas well, A&M. Yes, Texas A&M. Sorry, I'm writing I'm just, it down. I'm just making sure. All right, that makes our fourth difference. Oh, well, just for so we have to have an odd number of differences, Charlie. We have to. We can't yeah, split again. For the fourth straight week, we cannot have. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. 
Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. All right. Well, if Michigan Ohio State is the biggest game of the day on the national scale, Bedlam has to be right behind it. The winner of this game locks up a spot in next week's Big 12 title game. If Oklahoma loses and Baylor beats Texas Tech, they will be left out entirely. But if OU wins, it will set up the rematch against the Pokes in Dallas next week. Did you get all that? I have got all that. You also, Baylor has to win too. They have to beat Texas Tech. Or did you mention I think you did mention that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Baylor okay. beats yes. Texas Tech. Yeah. Baylor beats Texas I said Tech. That part. Okay. I missed. Okay. Got you. I got so it. So you didn't get it. I got, got it. it. I got it. I was just trying to like put it all in my brain. Too many yes. words. Too a lot, a lot of words. Okay. Oklahoma State is ten and one, and they welcome the Sooners to town as a four-point favorite. Okay. Here's the thing. I think Oklahoma State can win. I would like to pick them to cover. Mm-hmm. I just feel like Oklahoma, like gets this random luck where they can just magically win and then somehow they end up in the playoff. Yeah, I'm looking at I this. mean, I know that doesn't make sense, but that's what I feel about Oklahoma. It's just they, magical how Lady they Lady Luck really things. shines on Oklahoma. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. And if you look at this rivalry's history, all right, Charlie, they have played 108 times. No, I'm sorry. They have played, yes, they played 100 and... Do we need to check well, the no, math? Well, there's ties. I can there's, see you're trying to do I, mental I, math. I, I see the ties now. Okay, there's, there's a couple, there's seven ties here. They have played, I guess, 125 times in their program's history. How many times do you think Oklahoma has won? Well, I can see the bar a lot. Well, give me a number. 100 times. 90. 90. They've, they've won this Bedlam rivalry 90 times. Oklahoma State's only beat Oklahoma 18 times in the history of the program. 18 times. Like, can you call it a rivalry? I know it's supposed to be a rivalry. When it's 90 to 18, is this a rivalry? We should look at the numbers Georgia, Georgia Tech. Uh, it's, it's lopsided in our favor, but I don't think it's that lopsided. Georgia. Well, I mean, I want to pick Oklahoma State to win and cover. I just don't know that they can, so I'm going to go with Oklahoma. All right, so look at our numbers here. So... We have won 68 times. Tech has won 41. Right? We've won 62% of the games. They've won 38%. And recently, obviously, recent history, if you look at... I'm sure, I know, you, unfortunately, it's not a visual medium. There's a lot of red there over the past 20 years, right? Mark, yes. you can say what you want about Mark Rick. He owned Georgia Tech. They've beaten us three times this... Uh, I guess if you include 2,000, four times this century. Okay, we'll right? get back to... So, I picked I'll, the Sooners. Who okay. are you picking? The only reason I brought that up is Oklahoma. You're right, Charles. Oklahoma always wins this game. Even Oklahoma State's good, they... Can't win this game. They cannot beat Oklahoma. It's just one of those things. Oklahoma always finds a way to win. Uh, now, I picked Oklahoma to cover. Yes. I will celebrate if Oklahoma State can win. I desperately... Even if I lose the bet on them covering. I'm, like, I, I don't, don't like care. Oklahoma, but Charlie, I actually want Oklahoma to win this game because 
Oklahoma State is in a much better position to potentially make the college football playoff. And like, God forbid, if we lose to Alabama, we're still going to find a way in, right? There's only four spots in. If Oklahoma State beats Oklahoma here and they go on to win the Big 12 title game, they only have one loss. That's a team that kind of concerns you. Like, oh, if we lose, like, would the committee like sneak them in as a one-loss conference champion, even though we went defeated in the regular so season? Are you picking Oklahoma State? No. I mean, I really want Oklahoma to win this game. Ah, yes, I'm picking Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State's just been the better team all year. They're playing better right now. Oklahoma, come off the It's weird. It's this rare situation where coming off their bye a couple weeks ago, they've been bad. Like, they've been worse than what they were prior to the bye week, and that's very uncommon. If you look at it throughout the course of the year, Oklahoma State's just been the better team. They're plus 1,700 yards in their total yards difference. Oklahoma's only plus 600. Oklahoma State is quietly one of the best defenses in the entire country. They're number three nationally in total defense. And the perception is that the Oklahoma offense is just so much better than the Oklahoma State offense. And, like, they are better, but it's not by leaps and bounds. Oklahoma's offense is better by about 30 yards a game. But their defense, uh, Oklahoma State's defense, is significantly better than the Oklahoma defense. In fact, the Oklahoma offense, this is what really concerns me in this game if I'm an Oklahoma fan, which I'm not. But if I was, I'd be concerned. The last two games, Charlie against Baylor and Iowa State, the best two teams they've played all year. They have put up 306 total yards last week, 260 total yards against Baylor each of those last two games. That is not getting it done. They put up big pass numbers against Texas Tech, threw over 400 in that game a couple weeks ago. But in three of the last four, (laughs) they've thrown for under 182 yards passing. Remember Caleb Williams, his freshman quarterback, was in all this Heisman love there for a little while, right? Well, that has come crashing back down to earth because They've thrown for under 182 passing yards three last four games, including only 96 passing yards last week. He's gotten taken out of games uh, during this stretch. So I think they're going to have to beat Oklahoma State with their run games. The passing game is just not there right now. They're not dynamic at receiver. They have a freshman quarterback, and he's playing a freshman quarterback right now in the passing game. He's dynamic in the run game, but he's making mistakes in the passing game. So they're going to have to win the run game. In tradition, Oklahoma's really good running the football, and they're pretty good this year running the ball. But here's the thing. Bad matchup. Oklahoma State, fourth nationally in rush defense. This is not a good match with Oklahoma. It's at OK State. OK State wants this game badly. Of course, Oklahoma does too. I think the Pokes are going to win this game, and I feel pretty good saying that. I don't want them to. I want Oklahoma to win. Best case scenario for us is Oklahoma wins this game. They get that triggers the rematch in the Big 12 title game next week. Then Oklahoma State wins that game. They both have two losses, so they're both out of the cultural playoff conversation, and we don't have to worry about them. But if I'm trying to be intellectually honest here, I got to go Oklahoma State. I think they're the better team. Give me the Pokes to win and cover at home. Okay. In fact, Charlie, lock it up. Oh, I hate to say it. Lock it up. Lock. Lock it up. All right. That's difference number two, four, five. Well, we had four uh, a second ago, so number. four plus one. Oh, I lost there we go. Track. That was a few there minutes go. ago. Oops. Sorry. Good job there, Charlie. Dropping phones things. big time. All right. I sure know to hear that. Our last three games, we're going to go back to the SEC. Kentucky had a nice year. Like you said, they're going to finish second in the East. Like what? Who said that? Like you predicted. Oh, man. I got one right. Who would have thought? And they're looking to cap off the season with a win in Louisville. However, the Cardinals are somehow a three-point favorite in this game. I don't understand why. I'm going with Kentucky with an upset special. Yeah. Louisville, I I don't... This is mad disrespect to Kentucky. Like I, I looked this up and I saw this line, Charlie. I scoured the internet. Is there some sort of injury... To this Kentucky team that I don't know about. And, and maybe there is, and I just couldn't find it. But based off what I looked at, I could not find anything. I don't understand what's going on here. Kentucky's 8-3, Louisville 6-5. and five. No records can be deceiving at times. But I've watched Louisville play a couple times. They're okay. Malik Cunningham, is, he's a good quarterback. He's good. And he's, he's, he's tough to handle. He's a passing threat. He's, he's a running threat. He can do it all. He's a good player. 
And I know it's at Louisville, but and it's a rivalry game. I get that. Kentucky's just been the better team throughout the course of the year. I know Will Levis came back down to earth as a passer throughout the course of the year, but they still have a really strong run game led by Chris Rodriguez. Wondell Robinson is, I think, the best playmaker in this game outside of maybe Malik Cunningham at quarterback for Louisville. I think it'll probably be a tight game, but I like Kentucky. I, I'm going to take Kentucky to cover, Charlie. Give me, I mean, it's only a three-point spread. If I'm going to take him to cover, I might as well take him to win outright. Give me Kentucky as an upset special here. It's one of those weird lines, though. Sometimes you see these lines, and it, it doesn't make any sense to you, but Vegas somehow magically knows something you don't know, and it ends up being correct. But on the surface, I don't get this line. Maybe there's something I'm missing here, but give me the Wildcats to win outright. Upset okay. special. All right, two games left. Everybody loves Shane Beamer. Even my mom this week said, I really like that Shane Beamer. I don't know. I don't get it, but What? Whatever. Based off what? Love I, Shane Beamer. I don't know. Maybe you uh, saw an interview. But who I don't who know. knows? With old people, who knows? Yeah. But, okay. No offense to old people out there. We okay. love you guys. All listeners, we love you equally. <laughs> just putting it out there. Foot in mouth. <laughs> Sorry. All right. I don't understand what she's talking about, though. I just love Shane Beamer based off what? All right, moving on. Dabo and the Clemson Tigers are looking to bring the Gamecocks back down to reality after beating Auburn last week. Clemson has quietly stabilized over the back half of the season and will walk into Columbia as 11.5-point road favorites. I think South Carolina can at least cover this, if not get the upset. This is the best chance South Carolina has had. I mean, it's had. at South Carolina. That can be yeah. a really hard place to play. Yeah, you and I have both been... To Carolina at night, 2012 nightmares. Uh, tough. It's a tough place to play when they're when they're all there. Now they had a good environment for the Auburn game. It was not even close to sold out though. I mean, I've heard people giving them credit. South Carolina fans always show up, and they're really good fans. So traditionally, it's a terrible program. They're not good, and they still always come back. But like, it's not like they're selling the place out. Uh, but this it'll be sold out for this game. There's no doubt about it. This is South Carolina's best chance to beat Clemson in a long time. It'll be their best chance to beat Clemson for a long time moving forward because this is not a typical Clemson team under Dabo Swinney. So they better get them while they can. This is their best opportunity. I just think Clemson's still the better team, Charlie. And here's the thing. Clemson is finally figuring out an offense. They're banged up. They're really banged up on offense, especially at receiver. But they're playing better. DJ Uyungle is still not good. Like, I was watching that Wake Forest game. They won that game on the back of their defense. He missed so many throws in that game. He's just not good. I, 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 I'm convinced that we broke that dude because he's he was so much better last year. He was not missing those throws. I know it was a small sample size last year, but he was not doing those things. After our game, it's just been a disaster for him. And I, I know they've had some injuries with receivers. That certainly has not helped, but he's not good. But here's the thing, Charlie. Like this Clemson defense is still awesome. They're still really, really good. Even without Brian Brissy, they're still really good. They're better than South Carolina. South Carolina is playing a third-string quarterback who's really getting the first. And he's like a, a, I think he's a fifth-year guy who's getting the first playing time of his career. He's fine. Jason Brown is fine. He's okay. They don't really have a feature running back. They have one good receiver in Josh Van. I don't see how South Carolina is going to score enough to beat Clemson. I just don't see it right now. So I don't think they're going to be a threat to win the game. 11.5 is a lot for a Clemson offense that really, it, it, again, is, is finding themselves a little bit right now, but they're still banged up. They're still not great. I just think they're going to suffocate the South Carolina offense. I, I don't see how South Carolina scores at all. So give me Clemson to win and also cover the 11.5. I don't feel great about this one. I would not put money on this one, at least on the uh, on the spread. But give me Clemson by two touchdowns. Maybe, right. maybe a backdoor cover. Well, that makes it six differences. So much for oh, that God. odd number. 
Well, you got it. That means you have. We have to be different here. Uh, well, nah, I it's, it's got to be organic. It's got to be organic. It's time for our clean, old-fashioned hate talk. I know that the hate for tech runs deep through your veins. So tech it has sucks. to put a little glimmer in your eye to see the dogs as a thirty-five point road favorite against the nerds. I was surprised that it wasn't more. And this is this. If I'm wrong, correct it's me. The it's the largest. Point yeah. But in the history tech of this rivalry, just get beat by fifty-five. 55 nothing on the road against Notre Dame, yeah. And so, okay. I guess they're giving them like, hey, it's a rivalry game, but if it's a doubt, like and maybe. And it's at home, maybe. I don't know. But yeah. Tech has struggled to a 3-8 and eight record with Jeff Collins. Wait, 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 wait. Geoff. Okay. Geoff Collins. He's firmly in the hot seat. While we've been doing what we've been doing all season long, on paper this should not be close, but it's a rivalry game and crazy things happen in rivalry games. At Georgia covers easily. Hopefully, Not even a thought. Hopefully none of our players slam anyone into the wall. That's <laughs> I mean, all. I don't want. I anyone, hope they don't get suspended. I don't want anyone getting ejected and suspended for the next game. Jesus Christ! What if George Pickens is there, dresses out, comes off the bench just to throw somebody into the wall? Well, let's hope not. That's, I mean, honestly, let's hope not because I'm hoping that he can. Maybe who knows? We'll see what happens. Maybe be cleared and be able to contribute a little bit next week. We'll see. I don't know. Let me start out, Charlie, by saying this. You alluded to this, Charlie. Thank you. I hate Georgia Tech. I hate Georgia Tech. I'm proud to hate Georgia Tech. I thoroughly enjoy hating Georgia Tech. And I want to reiterate what I said on the preview show. Charlie, I don't know if you caught this, but Tech sucks. Yeah, but I mean, it's not worth my time Tech sucks. to like hate them. Because they're just insignificant. They're irrelevant. And I get that argument. I do get that argument. I, I do. I'm actually kind of, I mean, I want to go to the game. I wish it was in Athens because I'm annoyed that I'm going to have to record. There's a lot of good games. All the games, and then I'm not going to get home until like five at the. I'm bringing earbuds to take on Marta so people don't spoil games for me. And we all know that I can't stay awake late, so I'm going to be watching games like all day. On an average Saturday night, so like let's say last week we were home. You got home whenever time. What time did you get home from the game last week? I don't remember. Oh, it was a noon game. Yeah, I think I got home around. 3 or 3.30. Okay, so you go around 3, 3.30, and then you immediately started watching the rest yeah. of the games. What time did you just, like, zonk out? Were you done? Probably, like, 9.30 or 10. Whoa, that's way later than I thought. Charlie, no, give yourself some credit. I mean, I can't... I thought you were, like, an 8.30 person. I mean, yeah, I probably there, there's fell There's some asleep. napping in between there, right? I probably fell asleep, yeah, probably. at some point. <laughs> You're not aware of your levels of consciousness? I just woke up, and I was like, how'd that Happen. Oh yeah, I mean that sounds about right, and that happens to me sometimes too. But this, that's why we have a pause button, Charlie. When you're DVRing things, even when you're not, you're watching live, you can still press well, the if pause I fall button. Sleep, I can't press you don't, pause. But when you feel yourself drifting off, you have to be a pro. It's a pro tip, Charlie. Press pause. Oh, no, pro tip. I'm not in charge of the remote at my house. Yeah, pro tip. Yeah, press press pause. No. Easy, simple button, simple press. Um, anyway, I hate tech. They suck. I mean, just in general and on principle, they suck. But their team legitimately sucks this year. They have one, maybe one and a half players that even remotely concern me. I laid it out on the preview episode. Jameer Gibbs is the truth. He's awesome. I wish he was on our team. We screwed up by pursuing Zach Evans and not landing him or Tank Bigsby. We had either one of those guys. We went, we went all in on Zach Evans, even though he had some character concerns and red flags. And that kind of blew up in our face. He ends up at Georgia Tech. And by the time the whole Zach Evans thing went down, we tried to circle back to Gibbs, but he had his feelings hurt and it was all up in his feelings. And he stuck with Georgia Tech, which sucks for him. Like, I, I hate it for him that he made that decision, but, you know, I guess sometimes people get up in their feelings. But he's really good. He's he's the total package, running back, receiver. He can do it all. He's leading the country in yards from scrimmage. Jeff Sims, when he's healthy and playing, he's a dangerous quarterback. He's not like good, 
but he's dangerous. He can make plays. He's a dual threat guy. He is not. Hear me when I say this, guys. He's not Vince Young. He is not that good, but he reminds me of Vince Young in the way that he plays. He's tall. He has the kind of physical profile. Lanky uh, is obviously a dual threat guy. He kind of pushes the ball like Vince Young used to, but he hasn't played the last two games. I cannot find anything out about his status because it's Georgia Tech, and as you said, Charlie, they're irrelevant. Even their own beat writers don't really actually cover them. It's strange. It's weird. Um, so I don't know if he's going to play or not. If he doesn't play, it's going to be Jordan Yates from Milton. He's similar-ish. He's mobile. They roll him out of the pocket, but he, they don't really run him as much. I think that's largely because they don't have much behind him if he does get hurt. But those are the only two guys like remotely concerning this game. I mean, I've got a bunch of numbers here. I ran through them on the preview episode. For those of you who might have missed that, I'll run through them again here really fast as it's just fun to talk about how bad Georgia Tech sucks, especially on defense. So on defense, if they're on, so they're in the midst of a five-game losing streak. Hopefully we can make it six here. And in the midst of this five-game losing streak, they've given up over 500 yards total offense four times, including each of the last three games. Also gave up 636 yards to Virginia. They're 114th nationally in total defense, giving up 454 yards per game on the season. They're 118th nationally in third down percentage defense. They're 113th nationally in explosive plays allowed. They've given up 61 one plays of 20 or more yards. They're 101st nationally in rush defense, giving 180 yards a game on the ground. They're actually worse in passing defense, 120th in passing defense, 275 yards a game, 106th nationally in scoring defense. So you can clearly get the picture here. Defensively, they are a disaster. Offensively, they're not as bad, but it's tech. They still suck. They're 79th nationally in total offense, 73rd nationally in yards per play, 78th nationally in offensive efficiency, and 80th in scoring offense. Now, we are still a little banged up in this game. I would feel better if Nolan Smith plays, if Chris Smith plays, but the, even if those guys don't play, we're still so much more talented. We have so much more to play for, and we are playing at home. Yes, I did say that. I know technically, Charlie, it's in Atlanta. This is a tech, quote-unquote, home game, but what's your guess on the percentage of that stadium that's going to be red and black? At least 75. Minimum. Yeah. Minimum 75%. I think your tickets right now. I mean, I saw some on the internet this week for like 50 bucks. Yep. Like two tickets for 50 bucks. Sounds about right. Yeah. So, I mean, look, Jeff Collins, all those, GF Collins, I should say, let me correct myself there. They uh, are not happy with him. I mean, he's firmly on the hot seat right now. You kind of mentioned that, Charlie, and I don't think the tech fans are happy. So, I don't know if how many of them are going to show up. I think it's going to be, it's our home away from home. It's going to be a home game for us, even though it's not exactly in Athens between the hedges. It's still going to feel like a home game. Kind of always does when we're down there. Um, there's always that little concern of like, well, it's a rivalry game and, and yeah, crazy things happen in rivalry games. But I mean, let's be honest, it would take a truly disastrous performance of epic proportions for us to lose this game. Now covering 35, that's a little bit of a different story. I'm not like overly confident in that. I think that we are entirely capable of covering that. I think we are 35 points better. Like if no name beat them 55 nothing, I think we are capable of doing that as well. But here's the thing, context, situation. If we get up early, I had this sneaking suspicion Kirby wants to get our guys out of there as soon as possible, stay healthy, and move on to next week. So that kind of opens up the possibility of maybe a backdoor cover. But what am I even talking about? If I lost my mind, no self-respecting Georgia fan can pick the nerves to cover. Who cares about logic? Throw that out the window. It's hate week. Buy into the hate. Lean directly into it. I hate Georgia Tech. Dogs on top. Give me the dogs to cover. All right. That's it. Is enough hate for you, Charlie? That is. We have six differences. Do you want me to recap or no? Yeah, recap real quick. No, you don't have to go through all the picks, just all the right. ones that we have different. Differences. I have Bama. You have Auburn. I have Oregon State. You have Oregon. I have UVA. You have Tech. I have LSU. You have Texas A&M. I have Oklahoma. You have OK State. 
And I have USC and you have Clemson. And that's you it. You locked up. Who did I lock up? Nebraska as yep. an upset special. Yep. And you locked up Oklahoma State. Yes. And your other upset specials are Kentucky and FSU. North Carolina, don't forget. And North Carolina, sorry. Um, I have upset special Nebraska, FSU, and UK. Can I throw in one more lock, if you don't mind? Sure. So finally, we get the regular season, Charlie. I feel I don't. I meant to mention this. I guess you think you're special. Oh, I mean, I'm definitely not special. Uh, give Seem me, to think you are. Well, I'm just asking. You're you're the, you're the superstar of the podcast, Charlie. You tell me what I can and cannot do, please. No, do I have I your guess permission? I can add it to the sheet. All right, thank you. I appreciate your your generosity here. Give me Wisconsin. Uh, lock that up. Lock it up. Wisconsin. Wisconsin minus seven. Estaki. Got it. That's Spanish. You're not Spanish speakers out there. Okay. All right. Is that it? That's it. All right, guys. Well, I don't know when you're listening to this show. If you're listening to it before Thanksgiving, happy Thanksgiving. Even be if it's after. Be careful if you're traveling. Yeah. Be careful wherever you're going, whatever you're doing. Have fun. Enjoy your family. Soak that time up. Enjoy the food, Charlie. Before we get out of here, I know or you're- hide in the pantry. I know you're a fan of food. Yeah. What is your favorite Thanksgiving food? Food. I like all the sides. Give me one. I'm a sides guy too. I, mean, I don't like the turkey ham, whatever. I mean, I don't dis. I don't tell that I don't oh, like I don't it. It's not worth meat. it. It's not worth it. Who meat. cares? It's not exciting. It's so not exciting. I mean, I like pecan pie. You can have pie as. I mean, that key lime pie, pecan pie. No, key lime. I mean, yes, but not at Thanksgiving. Um, I like lots of stuff: sweet potato casserole, mm, green bean casserole, yep. broccoli casserole. Macaroni and cheese, squash casserole, pineapple mm. casserole. Jesus Christ. I like all the casserole. Are you eating all of that? I mean, yeah. Charlie. This is why good I for exercise you. every day. Good for you. Fantastic. I eat two things for Thanksgiving. I look forward to it. I, I'm a very picky plain eater. My wife makes this incredible five cheese, macaroni and cheese. It, I mean, I know all of you have your favorite dishes, and I'm sure your loved ones make some incredible food too, but... Don't come at me with anyone saying that anyone's macaroni and cheese is better than my wife's. It's the best. It's incredible. Uh, I love that. I'll eat basically an entire uh, platter full. Is that what you call it? What do you What do you make the macaroni? It's not a plate. A pan. A pan. A pan full. There we go. Pan. Words are not coming to my brain right now. A pan full. Um, I eat that and sweet potato casserole. My mom makes really great sweet potato casserole. Those are, like if you look at my Thanksgiving meal plate, it's those two things. Like, to make my mom happy, I'll throw a couple other things on there just because I'm trying to be nice and she works really hard. So I'll throw a couple things on there and I just kind of move it around. Don't don't eat it. Don't actually touch it. I mean, I really just kind of move around. Like, like I, I'm very, I've gotten very good at that over the years. Really? But I load up on the map. of you. I'm, to, trying to, I'm, trying, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a nice guy, Charlie. What can I say? Pretend I'm a nice eat. guy. I'm a nice guy. I care about other people. Do you? I do. Deeply. Okay. Deeply, deeply, deeply. Mm. But yeah, macaroni, cheese, macaroni and cheese, sweet potato casserole. That's all I need. It's all I want. And I will chow down desserts? in the coming days. I'm not a dessert guy. I like desserts, but I I, I just, yeah, I'm, I'm weird. I'm strange. Mm. It's hard. I know. It's hard being me. No pecan pie. Okay, so here's the, I, I do like pecan pie, but it's not like so enticing that I'm going to have to like forego a diet plan. I'm I'm in a training I'm in I'm training right now Charlie for a race okay, I know need, nobody wants I know to I know I'm this. just saying but you're asking me you you put me on the spot nobody wants to hear about your training uh, you put me on the spot Charlie I asked if you like pecan pie I you do like pecan had pie a good pecan pie if you are not like oh yes I would like some pecan pie I like pecan pie I do like pecan pie yeah yeah but I eat so much I'd rather eat, to me the macaroni and cheese pecan or pecan pecan all the way pecan agreed agreed I've asked people say pecan huh. What? 
What planet are you from? And if you say Peck, I'm sorry. I don't mean to. I, I don't mean to offend kidding, you. I just right? don't. No. Oh. I mean, I've heard more than one person say that. I'm like, I don't. I don't understand what universe you're from. I don't even know what part of the country they say Peck in. Because all these obviously there's like I regional. I think somebody was kidding with you. If it was one person, I would say yes. But I've heard multiple people say that to me, and they don't have any relationship and they were to each probably other. Probably just kidding with you. So multiple people I mean, that have yeah. no connection to each other Maybe just decide to screw with me. It's a massive conspiracy. Let us know on Twitter. Is it? How do you pronounce it? And, and, and if you do say Pekin, cool. That's awesome. I just had never heard that until like the past couple of years, and I was just like taken aback. I didn't actually I didn't understand what they were saying. I thought they were speaking a foreign language. I, I didn't understand it at all. So, yeah, I do like pecan pie. Um, and it's pecans, right? I mean, like, that's I you, say pecan. Yeah, pecan. I mean, for me. And, and people do what you want to do. You know, different strokes, different folks, but pecan pie. You have pecan pie, don't you? Oh, yeah. It could be How like, many slices of pecan pie are you going to put away? I mean, just one at oh, a time. At a time. Yeah, at a time. So over the course of Thanksgiving week. Have I you know, already had a slice? And so it's, it's Wednesday night. You already had a slice of pecan pie. Yeah. Okay. And why do you have to wait for Thanksgiving? You shouldn't have to. That's why I tell my wife, why do we only get this five cheese macaroni and cheese? Like we get it for Thanksgiving and Christmas and my birthday. It's my, so three times a year. It's my favorite thing that, that we eat. I get it three times a year. It's incredible. But see, to me, like the macaroni and cheese, the sweet potato casserole is just better than the pecan pie. So I just like load myself up on that. Okay. A lot of beige food choices. Yes. Yeah. It's kind of the way I roll. But anyway, whatever you guys enjoy, do your thing. Eat it up. Charlie, I know you're going to have a great time. <laughs> But uh, we'll be back next week, guys. Hopefully, we'll have another W to talk about. And all next week will be dedicated, obviously, to the SEC Championship matchup with the Alabama Crimson Tide. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your families. Thanks for listening. For Charlie, I'm Tyler. And as always, go dogs and tech sucks. <laughs>